Well, welcome to 2011 and to our Grow and Go vision. This year, turn in your Bible to Galatians chapter 5, 16 and 17. This year, we have set our heart on two things. Grow and go. Galatians chapter 5, 16 and 17 and James chapter 2, 17 through 22. I I heard a lot of people talking about uh, this symbol and how they didn't necessarily... How many of you see the arrows going out? That's the first thing you saw. How many of you saw the arrows going in? Isn't that funny? That's about 50-50. How many of you can see both? Almost there. Almost there. The vision this year is to grow arrows pointing in and to go arrows pointing out. And so this morning we're in our second message on grow. And as you turn to Galatians 5 and James chapter 2, just want to share with you Last week we talked about grow, this week we'll talk about grow, the next two weeks we'll talk about go. But I just want to share with you the things that God has really impressed on our heart this year is that we might intentionally pursue our own spiritual growth and then we might take that, it looked like to me in the book of Acts, when when they went into the upper room and they waited for the Holy Spirit to come and His power came and all those three years of teaching that Jesus had put on their life and then the power of the Spirit came and then they were thrust out into the world. So you, you, you shut in and take the things that God is growing you in, then you take those like fresh living water out to those who are thirsty in a dry land. And so that really captures the vision that we have for this year. Grow and go, and then I'm going to talk to you this morning about some things that we're doing as a church that are going to help you in, in those areas. I came to a point in my own spiritual life that I, that I, got, I got stuck. I got stuck in my own spiritual growth. I, I, I came into the church sort of half as an outsider and half as an insider. M- more outside probably than in. But I came in and I, and I began to receive the message of what I needed to do. I accepted Christ. I got saved. I, be, I became faithful to my local church. If the doors were open, I was there. I was faithful. And then and, and as early as I could understand it's what I was supposed to do, I began to give. And then I began to have a devotional life after that. So I got saved. I attended regularly. I gave regularly, and and I and it, and it never was that consistent in the early years. But as much as I could, I pursued God in my own devotions. But it felt like when I when I kind of got those things going, that there was nowhere else to go. I was stuck. I I did the external things, and and strangely, I was doing the things that I was hearing that I should do to have a full Christian life. But I was feeling empty on the inside. After salvation, growth is all you have. It's all you have. As a believer, it's the only thing of value spiritually that you have. Otherwise, you're just stuck in quicksand that's drying and you're just trying to hold on to a tree limb and wait for heaven to come. You're just trying to hold the fort. Hold what you got. The kingdom of God is never defensive, it's offensive. It's not offensive, it is sometimes offensive, but it's not generally 
offensive. It's offensive. It's not defensive. And when you receive in your own spirituality a defensive posture, I'm just here to hold the fort till Jesus comes. I'm just here to hold on to my salvation. I'm, I'm, then then the, the king, that's not the kingdom. Without spiritual growth, your spiritual life will crystallize and harden. It, your spirituality cannot be maintained. It has to grow or shrink. It, there is not a neutral in the kingdom. There's always, here's the encouraging thing, there's always new places to go in God though. If you've got to a place and you say, there's nowhere else to go. There is somewhere else to go. Because God is unlimited, but you and I are limited. And since He's unlimited, there's always new horizons to take on. See, God's always had one plan for your life and for mine. It is summarized in one word, fullness. God's plan for you and God's plan for me is that we might live full. Full adventure, full experience, full joy, full peace, full knowledge, full life, fullness. Sin robs us. And like a, like a guy shooting arrows, sin will shoot arrows inside the canister God gives us to hold that fullness, and it'll just leak. And everything God gives us will drain off. It'll just run off. That's what sin's greatest, greatest, um, greatest effect is on the life of the believer. Is that it drains off all the good things that God is doing in your life. And it leaves us living in inner poverty. Think of the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden... Think about how God made the earth and the world and set up the cosmos for us to live in. There, there was a dew in the morning that came and watered all the plants that God had. Fresh. If you've ever been in a beautiful garden, it, it is absolutely a joy. That's where God made the first humans to live. In a beautiful, lush, green, fruitful garden. There was... Awe and wonder and peace and purity and health and strength and vitality and energy and life in the mind and life in the soul and character and pure, authentic, open relationship. But when sin entered, it broke that. It broke it. And there's only one way to get back to it. You have to grow back to it. You're not going to be zapped back to it. A spaceship's not going to come and the roof of this building come off and aliens laser, taser you or a tractor beam suck you up into the mothership and give it to you. You've got to grow. I'm a Trekkie. You've got to grow your way back to it. You've got to grow your way back to it. You're not restored to that point at the moment of salvation. You're restored back to that potential at the moment of salvation. But you've got to grow your way back to it. Let's look for a minute at the, at the present state then of spiritual growth. We call it discipleship in America. 46% of Americans claim to be born-again Christians. But only 13% have any behavior 
or attitude difference from the general population. We are in an outright spiritual life, spiritual growth, and discipleship crisis. National American culture crisis. A few years ago, the, the former general superintendent, at the time the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God, made this statement, Thomas Trask, about discipleship. He said there is no greater need in the Assemblies of God today than for personal, ongoing, Pentecostal discipleship of believers unless we as a fellowship passionately pursue discipleship, the assemblies of God will continue to lose millions of converts. What is spiritual growth? Let me give you a very simple way to think about it. Spiritual growth is becoming more like Jesus. It's starting where you are and getting closer to where he is. That's it. We can make it a lot more complicated and add graphs and charts and books and curriculum and all other kind of stuff that sometimes makes it harder and more complicated than it needs to be. It is you and it is me becoming more like Christ. I've always been fascinated by the verse that pinpointed Jesus' own development. The Bible says that Jesus... Grew. Jesus grew. Whoa. There is like a sermon series right there. Jesus grew. In wisdom. In stature. And in favor. With God. And man. Even. Perfect. Jesus. Grew. Spiritual growth. Is the only way. To become more like Christ. You have to continue continue to change. Discipleship is a lifestyle of continued change. It's not just doing your duty. Unfortunately, in American culture, Christianity has been minimized and defined as morality or duty. I'm a Christian. How do you know you're a Christian? Because I'm honest. I'm a Christian. How do you know you're a Christian? I wouldn't cheat anybody. How do you know you're honest? I pay my taxes. How how do you know you're a Christian? I'm a Christian. And and then usually when you're talking to someone especially who's just outside the fringe of the church, Christianity is defined. You can hear it when you go to funerals. So-and-so is a good Christian. How do you know? And then morality begins to be listed off. Or duty. They were always this. They were always that. They were always the other. What you have to do in your own spiritual growth is not just define it as external realities. What you have to do is analyze your life next to Jesus' life. There's only one genuine example. It's Christ. So you have to learn the life of Christ, set your life next to His, compare it, realize the differences, and then engage God with all you have on the differences you see between you and Jesus. That's spiritual growth. Look at Galatians chapter 5, 16 and 17. Uh, there's a whole incredible discussion in Galatians 5 on, on the, the spiritual life and the uh, growth of the believer. But I just want to summarize that internal struggle we have in verse 16 and 17. In that chapter, you have the list of the 
works of the flesh, and the fruit of the Spirit. But in the middle of that, Paul writing says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Who's he writing that to? Christians. Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are, not in, they are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want to do. How many have ever not done what you wanted to do? <laughs> you, and the rest of you will have an altar call for you in a minute. You knew there was good to be done, and you wanted to do it, you just didn't do it. What is, what is that? When you enter into a relationship with Jesus, you're forgiven, but you're not cured. It's not done. You're not over. You, forgiveness is over. You are forgiven. Your sins have been washed away. But your, but your sinful nature, the patterns in the flesh of living the scars of what darkness has done to you, remain for some time and have to be dealt with through spiritual growth. And sometimes there's other things needed as well, but I want to focus primarily on spiritual growth this morning. You have some things to work out. You've not been fully restored at the moment of salvation back to what Adam and Eve were in the garden. You've been restored back to that potential. But you'll have to grow your way back. You're in a conflict. You're in a battle. Your sinful nature desires things that are against God's spirit. God's spirit desires things that are against the sinful nature. It's a divine tug of war being pulled on both sides. But Galatians says, live by the spirit. Which means there is a spirit living. There is a spiritual life to be had. Life in the Holy Spirit. Some people call it spirit-led living. How do you get there? It's not a there. It's not a destination. It's a journey. And as you journey, you will become more spirit-led and more spirit-filled and and more the fruit of the Holy Spirit will flow out of your life. It's like a sewing thread. It'll come in greater and greater and greater measure. You're never going to be perfect. Thank God there's room for people like me. You're never going to be perfect. You're never going to arrive until you get to heaven. Then you'll arrive. Then discipleship will finish its work. But until then, the, the, the path is a journey. Your default setting in your flesh is darkness. You have to be retrained toward the fruit of the Spirit. The only way to overcome the darkness that's in your life, that, that desire, and to live with it in check, is to outgrow it. Is to outgrow it. How many of the challenges in your life this morning do you think could be resolved if you could outgrow them? If you could get bigger than they are, if you could get stronger than they are, if, if you could get more full of God's life and power than those challenges are of maybe flesh or darkness or whatever's in them, how many of those could be resolved? God originally created us to be like Him, but humanity sinned and broke that. And Jesus came and died 
to create a new path, not just back to relationship with God, but back to God-likeness. The second Adam wasn't just about opening a door of relationship. Yes, he wants relationship, he loves you. But out of that relationship then flows, restored back to the Garden of Eden, God-likeness. God grieves that his creation has been has been distorted from the image that he created it in. He grieves over that. So much so that it motivated him to send his son Christ to die. And from that sacrifice, as we sang this morning, from that sacrifice flows the wholeness and growth that we need. What if you and I could partner with God in that strategic intentionality of growth? Well, we can. I want you to think this morning about four words. And then I want to build on the vision that we started last week for 2011. I want you to think about four words that could change your life. Four streams, four, four growth streams that if you can walk in, in the kingdom, will begin to surge your life with greater spirituality. Here they are. Encounter God. Connect with believers. Grow in faith and ministry. And live on mission. Four basic parts to the kingdom of God that that covers the whole life of the kingdom. If you can walk in those four things in increasing measure... Your life will take on a wholer and a fuller growth, strength, power, and purpose. Now, in 2011, there's some things that we're going to do to help increase those things inside your life. Last week, we talked about devotions. We talked about soak. We talked about the one-day retreats that we're going to do. But I want to continue building on that vision Last Wednesday, we officially launched Deeper Life. Now, now, last year we experimented with it. We learned some things. We've changed them. And we also learned that it was what we hoped it would be. And Deeper Life meets on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And let, let me describe for you why it's part of your own growth. Because it's interactive. Let me tell you when you grow. You grow when you discuss and apply what God is teaching you. That's when you grow. You don't grow when you hear. So right now, you're not growing. You're hearing. The potential for growth is being planted in you even as I speak. But you're not growing. You're receiving potential. If you don't act on it, you don't grow. How can you explain someone who faithfully attends church year in and year out for 20, 30, 40 years and don't change? Because hearing don't change you. Isn't that what Jesus told of the parable of the man who built his house on the rock? One man heard my words and went away and forgot them. Another man heard them and obeyed them. And his house was built on the rock and when the storm came, it stood. Deeper life is interactive around one of those four streams. Topics inside of one of the four streams where it's not a small group. They meet for three weeks. 
You, you find where you need to grow, where you think God's moving you to grow. You go to that group and you meet for three weeks. You're not going to become, you know, uh, Robin Hood's mighty men. You're not going to get to know each other in deep and meaningful ways. It's not designed to do that. It's not a small group. It's an interactive class with a facilitating teacher who has, who has prepared themselves in content, is ready to teach and facilitate discussion. You'll never be called on to talk, but other people in the group are going to talk. And you will gain as much from the discussion as you gain from the teaching. It is, spirit, it is, like, it is like spirit-led group mentoring around one of those four streams. Now, last year we did two and four-week classes. This year, everything's threes. Everything's threes. So you'll have one class for three weeks, one class, and, and then every three weeks, new classes start. This Wednesday, we're in our second set, the second class of a, of a three-week series. Next week, we'll, the next week, we'll finish that one, and then a whole new set of three-week classes are going to start. Now, now here's the thing. Uh, people say, come and go. Come and grow. All you have to do is come and grow. And you will interact and talk and share. And then you will be encouraged to go and apply. All, all those classes fall under encounter, connect, grow, or live. I want to encourage everybody here that's not committed to a Wednesday night ministry team. Plug in. Plug in. It's the fastest, easiest, most accessible way for you to be, begin to grow. On the back of your bulletin this morning... Is the class schedule for this week. And it will be in your bulletin every week this year. And you will always know at any given Sunday morning what class is being taught this Wednesday. And you can follow it and move around. We have about 30 teachers that are teaching one of seven classes. And those teachers rotate. They take classes when they're not teaching. And then they teach. And then they take classes. So all the teachers stay fresh. They grow in their own topic. They become better able to teach that topic as time goes along. And as attendance builds to deeper life, we'll add more classes. Because we, it's not our goal to get every class with 50 or 100 people in it. It would be ineffective. You can't have interaction that way. So we want to keep the group small enough that you can, you can still interact. That's one of the main, main parts of it. So I want to encourage you, this year, you want to grow. You're ready to grow. You're ready to receive that in your life. A lot of times it starts with getting new, new knowledge in areas that God is touching your life in. And then from that, you will begin to be urged out by the Spirit of God to apply those in your life. And those groups will encourage you to apply those. Actually, every class ends with 15 minutes of how can we apply this. Every one of them. How can we apply it and, and reflect with me and talk to me about what you're hearing? Now, here's the second thing we're going to do this year. Pastor Mark and I went to Dallas uh, close to a year ago because we heard that there was a Pentecostal church in Dallas who did discipleship really well. So we got on our little airplane and got stuck on the way back and had a, a crazy time. But we got there. And, and basically what we found, we learned a lot when we were there. We really did. And the staff there was gracious to us. They were nice to us. Uh, they blessed us. They encouraged us. They prayed with us. They talked with us. They went to lunch with us. We got to see some of what they do. 
And basically, deeper life is our version of what they did. And we saw the incredible strength of discipleship. Uh, We went to Gateway Church in Dallas, a church of about 16,000. And that's how they do discipleship. We left, though, both encouraged and discouraged. We were encouraged because we said, that is important. That will really impact people's life. That's a great way for people to grow. But we left discouraged because the real reason we went there is to see, are there, are there bare minimum things in the kingdom that every believer needs to grow? Is there a growth path? Not just a class that I show up to that requires no commitment on my part, no sacrifice really on my part. Is there a growth path? And we came back without one. So we went back to the drawing board, and for the last year, you heard me mention this in last year's vision kickoff, for the last year, Pastor Marcus spearheaded the, the, um, the task of developing a growth path. And this morning, we have it. We have developed a growth path. We didn't find one there, but here's what we're basically saying. Jesus spent three years with his disciples training and teaching what are the bare minimums that every believer would need to know to help them understand the kingdom and to continually grow. So as we set out on this task, we have now established a growth path that will take about two and a half years to complete. Now on the screen, what I want to do is, is quickly walk you through the four basic steps in it. The first step of that growth path is something we call Kingwood Life Adventure. Kingwood Life Adventure. Kingwood Life Adventure is a basic two-week, one-hour-and-a-half class. The next one is February 13th and February 20th. Sunday mornings, it's easy to get to. You're you're already here on Sunday. If you're a, a new person, if you're a guest this morning, I highly encourage you, go to the newcomer's lunch and go to Kingwood Life Adventure. Everything that Kingwood Church is going to do from here on will start at Kingwood Life Adventure. If you're a new believer, go to Kingwood Life Adventure. If you're new to Kingwood, go to Kingwood Life Adventure. If you're unconnected, go to Kingwood Life Adventure. Should I say it again? Kingwood Life Adventure. Everything starts there. In Kingwood Life Adventure, three things will happen. You'll learn about Kingwood's core values. You'll take a, Pastor Mark has written a spiritual life assessment that will help you assess where you are in your own spiritual life and encounter, connect, grow, and live. And you will be able to see where you're at. And then you will learn about the four life streams. That's the first step. The second step is life streams. Life streams is going to start this spring. Life streams is eight one-and-a-half-hour meetings. Life streams is small group and large group. You'll be in small groups of facilitators. You'll have one staff pastor that'll be teaching the group as a whole. You will will go back and forth between big group teaching, small group discussion. Because remember, as you're talking, as you're discussing, as you're sharing, as you're speaking out what it is that you're hearing God do in your life, you're going to grow. That's going to cause you to move. That's going to cause things to happen in your life. They become real to you when you say them. That's where you're really going to start to dig deeper into those four streams, that's going to start this spring. The next step is life currents. Life currents. Hour and a half for 24 weeks. Two 12-week sessions, one in the spring of the year, one in the fall of the year. 
This is a genuine small group of no more than 12 people with a staff pastor. And, and what that will be is highly interactive. It'll be in the four life streams. It'll be highly interactive. It'll be alone with a staff pastor. 12 people, no more than 12. Those four life streams now, as you begin to understand the depth of them in the kingdom, as you begin to realize how deep they are, they will begin to take hold in your life. And we call it life currents because that's as those four streams start to converge together, you now have a river. You now have a river. You now have a power working through your life. So many times, churches, Christians, believers remain anemic because although they may be very strong in one stream, they're lacking something in one or two of the others. And it's not there. What we're saying is this will become a mighty river in your life. Here's the last one. Life leadership. Life leadership is a one-year intensive um, leadership training uh, process that starts with a retreat. Now, that is from new convert to leader in the kingdom, a discipleship and growth path that would take about two and a half years if you move continually through it. What I'm saying to you today is we have done our very best for the last 12 months to pray, to research, to talk, to think, and to go all in on spiritual growth. And what I'm asking you to do today is to make a choice to do the same thing. Go all in. Just go all in. There's not a better time. There's not a better place. There's not a better day. Just go all in. Now, here's the thing. When the growth path is completed, it never needs to be repeated. You're done. So that path is set. And as your life fills with those things, then how deeper life and that interact together. Did you hear me mention the same four things? The growth path and deeper life are all based on the same four streams. Encounter, connect, grow, live. They're based on the same thing. We can't teach everything in two and a half years that the kingdom is. We can only give you the starting points and the depth of it. Deeper life will fill in on an ongoing sporadic sort of elective basis all the things that you can't get there. So they will interact and strengthen each other. One of the core values of Kingwood Church is lifelong growth. How do we do lifelong growth? We have to get the basics of the kingdom at work and then we have to keep filling them in the rest of our life. And that's how we continue to grow to greater and greater and deeper places. Jesus did not prefer preaching as the primary means of making disciples. Jesus method of making disciples was not preaching. He preached on the hillsides to the multitudes where they broke bread and fish and and he fed them. But when he made disciples, he pulled the disciples away and they would say, what did you mean by that parable? And he would talk to them. What did you mean by this? And he would sit down and teach the Beatitudes. What did you mean when you said, Lord, we went out and tried to cast demons out and they wouldn't come out. What's up with that? And he would pull them away and he taught them and he guided them. And, And what I'm saying to you this morning is we gather here in this crowd this morning, but this isn't a gathering of the disciples. This is a gathering of the crowd. 
There has to be a time when the disciples meet. There has to be a way to pull the disciples in and say, Now, now, let's grow. Now, let's learn. If you have Sunday morning attendance as your Christianity, you're going to get to a point, you may grow for a while, but you'll stop growing after a while. You have to go deeper. And that's what, I, that's what we're saying this year. There has to be a time the disciples meet. And we've set a path for that. Now, here's the last part of growth. The last part of growth is, this year we're going to begin a fully accredited four-year degree uh, pastoral leadership training college at our church called Leadership Core. It's in partnership with um, CBC, Central Bible College in Springfield, and Church Life Ministries in Orlando, Florida. And it will offer a full four-year degree, It's and it's a very narrow group of people that it, it applies to. It's not liberal arts. We're, we're not setting out to build a building for a college. It has nothing to do with being an institution. Here's the basic, here's the bottom line. You don't train golfers in a classroom. You train golfers on a golf course. You don't train uh, chefs in a classroom. You train chefs in a kitchen. You don't train pastors in an institution. You train pastors in a church. And so pastoral leadership training is coming back full circle to New Testament pattern to the local church. There's a lot more I could say. I, I don't have time to say it this morning. But, but let me say this to you. There are 21 of these centers already established in 12 states. And it is growing across the country. And the healthy Pentecostal churches that we have have to be responsible for raising up the pastors and church staff of the future. So that's what that's about. Now, we already have a life discipleship program called Master's Commission, which we have. Where are you all Master's Commission students at? Where are you at? Aren't you great for our Master, Master's Commission students? I told them when they were gone, you have no idea how quiet it is when you're gone. And mostly that's a bad thing. We like it when you're here and the life you bring. Master's Commission and the Leadership College are two different things. There is a leadership track inside Master's Commission that you can pursue. Master's Commission is more of a come one, come all, life discipleship. And Pastor Mark and Peggy do a phenomenal job, in my opinion, the best in the nation, right here, do a phenomenal job in life training. So what you have now, all the 17, 18 years of discipleship training that Pastor Mark has done in Master's Commission, all, we are going to benefit from the experience that he has inside Deeper Life, Kingwood Life Adventure, the whole growth process. And then the Leadership College will also be uh, under Pastor Mark's uh, responsibility. And it is, it is not a come one, come all. It is, are you called to full-time ministry, to be a full-time pastor in a local church the rest of your life. If you are, come be trained. And the point of that, it is four years of intense leadership training, and it is designed, uh, uh, it will appeal mostly to midlifers. People who say, I can't leave my job, I can't. And it's, and it's designed to appeal to people that are in our church. And so, uh, I want to encourage you, there's some information out on the table if you're interested in that. Our staff will be teaching. We have four staff uh, with master's degrees. And they'll be teaching in that process. 
and, and training inside the leadership core of this church. As we end today, I want to read one, one, one passage. James chapter 2, verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there's one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. There are two things that cause growth. We can do everything we can do as Kingwood Church. But there are two things on your part that the Scripture teaches that bring growth. Faith and action. You have to believe. You have to believe God. You have to have faith in Him. And you have to act on that faith. Hebrews 11.6 says He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You have to believe and you have to act. Faith without works is like a spirit without a body. It's a ghost. Works without faith is like a body without a spirit. It's a corpse. But faith with action is a living, dynamic life. And you can, you can be in on that life. Would you stand with me this morning? What are you asking me to do? Well, we've talked about devotions. We've talked about a lot of things. Certainly, I would encourage you to go to Deeper Life. There's no sign-up. There's no card. There's no nothing. We're open Wednesdays at 7. Come. Certainly, I would encourage you to do that. The growth path will begin. The next Kingwood Life adventure, the next doorway in is February 13th. I'd encourage you to do that. But this morning... And I'm going to move fast. I'm going to ask all our staff and our prayer team and our altar workers, I want you to come right now. Come on now. Because here's what I want you to do. The biggest action step you can take today, and trust me, it's bigger than it feels. If you will look inside your own life and open up your ears and hear the Holy Spirit say to you, where it is He wants you to grow. And you will act on what you hear. If you'll respond, come to one of our prayer team. And when you say it, it'll become real. Don't just, don't just stay there this morning and say, I hear what you're saying about the fruit of the Spirit. I hear what you're saying about the Spirit. And the I hear, I hear, I hear. Don't just hear today. I promise you, if you will believe God and act on what you've heard today, you will start to change now. Not talking about getting saved. We're talking to the saved. 
you will start to grow now. The sheer act of stepping out and saying, someone agree. And on the prayer team, you, God may have spoken to you. He, you may have an area. When they come, share, share with each other. Say, this is my area. And we're just going to, we're going to agree on this thing now. And as we agree on it, I promise you, God will start to do the work. Every eye closed. Lord, I love you today. You are growing us into greater likeness to your own son, Jesus. And I thank you today for the power of God that it is work in our life to change us and the great love of God that loves us too much to just let us stay where we are. Lord, this morning, we listen as good as we know how. And as you share that area with us, Lord, we want to be obedient to you and act on it. We want to step out in agreement of faith and we want to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to say it today. I'm going to speak it to someone else and it's going to become real to me and I'm going to ask you, Maybe it's your devotional life. Maybe it's a sin you're wanting to overcome. Maybe it's a a struggle that you're facing. Maybe it's a challenge in your life. Maybe it's discouragement. Maybe it's fear. Who knows? It could be anything. You let the Spirit minister it to you. And as He does, we begin to sing this song. I want you to step out right now.